Two guys walk into a bar. Two guys walk into a bar. Two guys walk into a bar. The first boy says, he goes, well, first he goes up to the bartender, of course. And the third one, Jeff. This isn't a joke or anything, it's just another example of what can happen. The second guy says, well, the bartender, okay. Well, the second guy says, he comes up and he's like, Cut to, <laughs> uh, like 20 years later. Joan Rivers is the bartender. Then you're gonna buy me drinks all night to the point where I get so drunk that I end up having sex with you later. That's right, my Uncle Joe the drunk. At one time he's in a bar, he's making a lot of noise, and this woman comes over. And the third one, Jeff. The bartender looks up and says, get the fuck out of here. Six bouncers hurled me out of a nightclub like I was a Frisbee. And the bartender's all like, he comes up, you know. Look at that guy. He's wasted in a bar. I came here to read a novel. So these two guys walk into a bar, right? And the third one, Jeff. Pirate walks into a bar. Bartender says, "Hey, hey, buddy, what what do you have to drink?" He's like, "I'll have a rum, you know, because he's a pirate, you know." Yeah. Um, stereotypes. That's what we're playing off of here. Um. So then the the bartender gets curious, and he's just like, uh, "Did did I mention what the the pirate looked like at all?" I I don't believe so. Not yet. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, as he, you know, when he walks into the bar, his distinguishing feature is the fact that uh, he has a steering wheel in his pants, right? Ah, you know, like one of those big ones with the the the, the handles because it's from a from a pirate ship, you know. Mm-hmm. Or we mm-hmm. assume it's from a pirate ship. Maybe it's from another ship that you know he has pillaged. That's not clear. However. Uh, the bartender, you know, he's just very curious about this. And, uh, you know, at first he's just like, yeah, should I, should I ask? I don't know. And then he's just like, you know what? Uh, there's nothing going on here. It's just being the pirate. So whatever. Hey, hey, hey buddy. Uh, what's, uh, what's the deal with the, you got a steering wheel in your pants. The pirate says, he's like, all right, it's driving me nuts. Ah, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, that's the longer version of the, 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 the typical joke. I probably could have stretched mm-hmm. it out a bit more. Um, I, I think it's I think it's my favorite pirate joke. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Do, you have a, do you have a favorite pirate joke? Not off the top of my head, but I'm sure I do on some level. Well, you know what? I keep throwing you these underhand uh, pitches, and one day you're just going to... Just swing, man. Yeah, it's, it's gonna... that 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 seems like something that someday will happen. <laughs> it's gonna happen, um, man. but you know, it's 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 um. Sometimes you just don't have the material. Like um, it reminds me of uh, when people, you know, uh, you ever get the like, oh, you're a comedian. Uh, uh, tell me a joke. It's like uh, no, yeah. that's not really how that works, buddy. Right, right. What I usually say is like, "What do you do?" And then they say something mundane, like construction. I was like, "Build me a house." Is that your joke? Well, you're right, because the the whole point is just like, "Well, I'm not yeah, yeah, prepared yeah. to do that." That's what I do for work, and I'm not at work right now. Right. Um, kind of, uh, you know, gets people to feel like, "Oh, 
Right. Yeah. Uh, although, you know, occasionally, you know, um, people aren't smart enough to catch on at that point. But uh, nothing you can do about that. You know, horse and water and all that. Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Third One Ducks, a comedy podcast where we uh, review and discuss some of the classic albums uh, in comedy, uh, particularly 20th century comedy. Uh, today, we are diving in to one of the absolute uh, masters and one of his earlier works, uh, but this is George Carlin, uh, his FM and AM album, um, released, I believe, in early 1972. Correct. Uh, Brady, thoughts, initials? Um, I'll just um, go ahead and, you know, um, but basically state that this is uh, Carlin's departure from clean material. This is where he decided that doing all the clean material to get on um, talk shows and whatnot, uh, late night shows and and, and, and such, uh, just wasn't working for him. Um, he was a straight-laced comic for a very long time, but he was still counterculture. You can see that in his earlier, if you go back and watch anything from the 60s or anything that's in black and white, he's very clean cut in a suit, which is kind of funny to see. But uh, this is where he just decided that, I don't know, in my opinion, I assume that he was just like, you know what, I don't want to have to dress up anymore or pretend to be somebody I'm not. Sure. And so, like, so this is, you know, so um, one side of the album is the AM side, and one side's the FM side. Uh, the AM side is just in mono, uh, and it's, it's, it's mostly the clean jokes and whatnot. And the FM side yeah, is yeah. in stereo. And um, I, I didn't really notice when I listened that the, the FM side was in stereo and the AM side was not. I'm kind of assuming that maybe they remastered it at some point and put it all in stereo. But um, basically, it's like Carlin's on the left side, and then the audience is on the right. Or maybe, like maybe that. I definitely caught the. Well, I didn't really notice that it was in mono on A. So I noticed, oh, the jokes are going to one ear, the laughter is coming from another, right. and that was interesting. I don't know if I've heard that uh, exact way of recording before. Um, well, yeah, I mean, I I think this is early in the early years of stereo. Yeah. And um, to be honest, um, putting all of the album on one side, the laughter on the other side is just ugh, horrible. You wouldn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. So uh, I'll I'll be honest. I was I listened to this uh, on my phone speaker as I was laying in oh, bed. Sure. So I didn't um, quite. Um, uh, I mean, at least one time when I listened to it, um, I didn't quite, you know, care about the the stereo aspect of things. But um, you know, again, it's early in the um, early days of um, stereo and whatnot, so mm-hmm. um, it probably thought it was a little bit revolutionary to do such a thing. I mean, it's an interesting idea. I I, I wouldn't say that that works, but. Um... You know, yeah. he did it. Well, uh, so in in seventy three, this won the comedy Grammy. Um, he was up against Cheech and Chong with Big Bamboo, which is a pretty good album. 
um, Flip Wilson with an album called Geraldine, and um, All in the Family. Um, so, mm. yeah, Carol O'Connor and crew put together a an album. I can't find this on the internet. I mean, I can sure, find sure. it, but I can't listen to it. Um, yeah. I assume it's just the theme song and then a bunch of clips from the show. Oh, that makes sense. Um, which, uh, the fact that that went up for a Grammy. I mean, you could say what you want about the Grammys, but this seems fairly typical of the Grammys, where they don't seem to, there's certain categories they don't seem to either do a lot of um, care about too much or, you know, just completely ignore, you know what I mean? And this just seems like one of those, eh, it's, it's popular, but uh, I think you, you, I think most people would agree that probably does not even deserve to be um, nominated. Maybe it was a slow year. Without having heard the all in the family album, I, I can't necessarily say definitely garbage, but, um, I guess is that it was not new material. Uh, who knows though? It'd be a masterpiece. Probably not. Yeah, that's a good point. It could could all be new and just material made, especially for the album. I'm doubting. Yeah, that. I'm doubting that. No, I agree. I, I I share your doubt. But you know, this is this is how things happen. You know, something becomes popular, and so they want to sell merchandise, and um, mm-hmm. you know, they make a lot of schlock that gets forgotten about over time. Um, but yeah, the only reason we're talking about this is because it got nominated. Right. Yeah. And now that it's on that list of former nominees, it'll be on that list forever. Yeah. People are going to be talking about this for a long time just because it's on this list. Mm -hmm. Um, so if it is just a bunch of just clips from the TV show, um, yeah, sorry, Grammys, like, this is a, a piece of shame. 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 I know you and I did not experience the album the way it uh, was manufactured. The fact that there's one side and another side. Um, so we're not going to yeah. talk about sides because honestly, I don't know which goes on which side. And um, I'm not going to look it up. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Well, I had a, a somewhat different uh, first impression was that the, the sides uh, did, for the most part, matter. But um, difference of opinion works perfectly well. That's fine. Uh, but definitely, e- even if you're listening to it straight through, as you would be on a uh, any sort of streaming service these days, um, that side one, traditionally, the FM side, is a lot more of the getting into the countercultural, the, um, you know, going towards the more cynical Carlin we get to know later. Uh, obviously, there, there's a lengthy, almost six-long uh, piece on uh, the word shit and shoot, um, which, which seems to be teeing up, um, I think, about a year later, the, uh, the words you can't say on television. Um, but just starting to lean into that... Uh, greater character and, and the then the other reason why i think that there was a big difference between what would have originally been the sides is 
I I struggled a bit with um, side two. Just it it was there were several tracks on there that were um, just so topical for the late 60s and early 70s. Yeah. A lot of uh, Ed Sullivan references and references to different uh, TV game shows that are, um, you know, 50 years ago. Um, right. But overall, uh, great album. Um, definitely a much more traditional uh, stand-up album than a lot of the ones that we've gone through on this show. Um, so that I thought was nice uh, change of pace. But yeah, definitely... Uh, Carlin, uh, f- fairly early Carlin, when he's kind of, as you've said a couple of times, uh, making that shift from clean cut suit wearing, go on Ed Sullivan person to to the future, um, you know, cynical master and 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 borderline. I mean, especially with some of his later stuff, it's is this a comedian or a philosopher? Uh, that gets interesting. But th- those are my initial uh, first thoughts. Uh, Brady, your own. To me, this is the, you know, typical, um, what you expect when you pick up a Carlin album, right? Um, I would say that, yeah, it's, it's earlier in his career. Uh, It's not his first album, but, um, it's, it's the first one of the Carlin that, you know, we all know and love, um, to where he's, he's discussing like language and um you know um i don't remember any like governmental rants on this one but um you know so- sometimes you know when you get older kids kids when you get older uh things like get, get mushed up in your mind so it's just like yeah maybe i just listen to this but it does you know bring back memories of other carlin bits so um yeah. sometimes you know things get a little murky in the memory there. But I, I don't, I don't think he goes on any, like, you know, the government's, you know, out to get you and blah, blah, blah. But, um, and honestly, I don't think he ever says that. It's just, uh, it's more of, they don't care. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it gets say, into a lot of I think inefficiencies. It's yeah. It's more accurate. corruption. It's, it's not yeah. that they're out to get you. It's just that they're, um, indifferent to you. Yeah, that they're focused on themselves, uh, and, and yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, usually we talk about the best and the worst, um, or at least we introduced that fairly recently. But um, it's it's a thing. Um, I would say, yeah, the worst, like what you mentioned, is all of the um, commercial references that. Um, some of them I'm familiar with and some of them I understand what he's talking about, but I've never heard that, uh, ad in my life, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, there's always going to be topical comedy like that. Um, you know, in 20, 30 years, they'll be talking about some, you know, um, I don't know, pick a comedian. Um, uh, Mulaney. Yeah, Mulaney. We'll we'll go back and let's do like a Mulaney album, or we won't. But you know, some other kids will, right? Kids. Yeah. Hey, kids. 
That's an old um, bit from, uh, what's that guy's name? Letterman. It's an old Letterman bit. Hey, kids. Oh, sure, sure. Hey, kids. Uh, Anyway, so um, basically he would say that when he got nervous about, like, talking about how old he was. Hey, kids. Um, So, yeah, you know, um, there's going to be millennial bits that are just, um, what's he talking about? Like. A bop it? What's a bop it? Um, unless, you know, they have come out with a bop in the, le- the next 10, 20 years again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some things are timeless. I'm not sure if the bop it is, but some things right now, timeless. I don't even know if he has a bit on the bop it. Um, but yeah, I don't you know. I'm throwing that yeah. out there. You know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and the audience, you know, they're they're intelligent. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, obviously you are intelligent. Oh, um, the smartest of people, right? The the the, the cream of the crop, uh, they rise to the top. At the heroes. Oh, I thought I thought we were gonna go with House of Pain, but you know that's that's cool. We don't. Oh, we don't sorry. Do yeah. Uh, or better yet, a Terminator like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Okay, would Arnold Schwarzenegger make this podcast better? Yeah, I mean, I. If if we can get him, that'd be true. Great. True, yeah. Well, obviously it would make it better. Um, I'm just um, see the smartest people in the world also listen to uh, Bad Movies Rule, which is the other podcast that I'm on. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and uh, mm-hmm. that that's the topic in every episode is would Arnold Schwarzenegger make this uh, movie better? So I'm I'm making a callback to something that. Um, uh, maybe some of the audience isn't familiar with, but uh, as you know, the smartest people in the world, uh, they know that when something is recommended by one of the best podcasts in the world, um, that they should check it out. Absolutely. That was an unintentional plug. There was no payment there, but yeah, I am biased. Um, yeah. Hey, do you Do you have anything to plug? Since since we're I, here, <laughs> as we're discussing plugs right now, I, I I probably should, but I I I have nothing to add on, so I I won't. Okay. Well, um, I I will mention since uh you know um we found this out on what was it Thursday? Oh yeah, Thursday. That, uh, you and I are in a sketch class together. That's true. Um, That's true. As you know. And we didn't plan this. Um, I, we didn't discuss it ahead of time. I just signed up and you signed up individually. That is also true. Um, you know, because we're, you know, students of comedy, as, you know, uh, the other folks that are listening to this uh, podcast are as well. Um, and it just happens sometimes, you know. You just go, you know what? I haven't written any sketches in a while. I want to go do that. Um but it's way easier to do that when you pay somebody to make you do it. Yeah, deadlines definitely help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you get a trainer when you go to the gym, etc. Um so yeah, so we, we signed up for this class. Um would you like to share what your um first sketch is about? You can yeah, no. so no, I'm toying with a few different ideas. Right now, um the the idea I'm going with is, uh, you know, as, as the Marvel universe gets more and more saturated with just trying to 
uh, push out as much content um, as possible. Uh, the idea that at some point, um, you know, you take the Captain America idea and just to make sure you have enough uh, content for a bunch of new shows and new films, we're going to give a different captain for every state uh, and, and just pick a few of the states based some things off of stereotypes about that state. And, and what does that character look like uh, and, and play with that? So that's that's in process right now. Um, we'll see if it works, but I'm already laughing. That is, that is the direction that is going in. Uh, Brady, uh, your sketch for the week. Well, I, I'm going to respond to yours first. Um, oh, okay. Because, uh, I, and, and kids, this is how uh, comedy writing works, right? So uh, somebody comes up with an idea, their premise or whatever, and then other people go, oh, well, what if? Um, so I just, I, it popped into my head. I love the idea of Captain Idaho. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what that would look like, but that just, the concept just makes me laugh. Yeah, yeah. All right, I, Idaho was definitely one I was kind of outlining. Uh, my my basic intent was to uh, come up with, I don't know, maybe ten to a dozen, and then whittle it down to the best three or four. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I Idaho's one that's kind of in process, so maybe I'll flesh that out more. Yeah. Um. Just the. I, I think it rolls up the. I think the, there's inherent comedy in saying it out loud. Just Captain mm-hmm. Idaho. I uh, so my 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 bit is uh, Kool Aid Man intervention. Oh, okay. Uh, so um, you know he um, uh, it's basically you know start out you know a bunch of people in a room and they look concerned and um, you know some people are like looking at their scripts that they wrote or like um, it's gonna look like we're we're waiting for an intervention. Uh, we're, we're letting the audience in on that part, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then somebody's going to say, you know, whatever the tagline is. Um, I, I forget if it's just like, uh, would it be, wouldn't you like a nice glass of Kool-Aid or something like that? I don't remember how it goes. Um, sure. I can, I can look that up. But And then he's going to crash through the wall and be like, oh, yeah. And then look around and be like, oh, no. Right? Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, is... Uh, been done before but um let's be honest it would be uh, honest in this scene um i'm not just i'm not stealing the joke i'm just saying that that's how it would go yeah and i mean taking taking a catchphrase like oh yeah and then having him say oh no right after isn't isn't necessarily um plagiarism it's just how language works right well i mean so I can't have him come through the wall and then not say, oh, yeah. Right. Because that's... Because then people are just like, what is this, Flavor Aid? If he doesn't say, oh, yeah, it could be some other random thing. Right. And and honestly, that's a great idea for another sketch. Um, You know, if you want to make an entire show out of, um, you know, Kool-Aid branded um, references... Mm-hmm. Um, you could do like you know the flavor aid guy shows up, and then um, like the Mio guy. What what does the Mio guy even look like? I don't know. Uh, 
But we could figure that out. Asani drops or whatever, crystal light. Right, the crystal light packets. Um, yeah, what what do their mascots look like? I don't know. We can figure that yeah. out. Um, that, that's a comedy gold mine right there. Yeah. Um, so, so this is not. Oh, go ahead. So anyway, I I don't know. Uh, I the intervention is going to be about people like talking about property damage, right? Sure. Um. I don't know at the end if people are going to, if we're focusing on the heroin use or if people are unaware of the heroin use, but that's what Kool-Aid Man brings up at the end. You know what I'm saying? Like, is the intervention about uh, property damage or is it about the heroin use that leads to said property damage? Um, I think it's funnier because sometimes it's, you know, it's like uh, if it's about heroin, that's kind of funny and you know, that you can build on that. Right. Um, yeah. Whereas, you know, the property damage is funny too, and you can build on that. And then uh, I think it's kind of a more of a fun left turn at the end mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. be like, you know, guys, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, um, I'm going to stop using heroin. I'm going to go to rehab and everybody's going to be like, Oh, heroin. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's why we're here. Um, Cause they didn't, they weren't aware before they were just more concerned about themselves. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So speaking of Kool-Aid and drugs, um, this is not a fun fact, but it is true. Uh, when when people do the whole uh, drink the Kool Aid reference to to the massacre about forty forty five years ago in in Jonestown, right. it was actually Flavor Aid that right. had been laced with cyanide, not truly Kool Aid. And I just think that that is, I don't know. There, there's something about branding going on there. I don't know. Doesn't matter. And I, I think Kool-Aid would rather not be associated with that. Um, however, they are. Um, I mean, a flavor aid, to be fair, is the cheaper version of Kool-Aid, typically. So, I, I get why a, uh, you know... I can see this rebel. being like a Mulaney bit. Uh, where it's just like, hey! You guys are gonna kill us, and you're not even gonna give us the brand name. What? What yeah. are you gonna? You saving money? So you? What are you saving money for? You don't need it. We're, we're all gonna die. You know, just the, that would be a Mulaney bit. And yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Oh, and that would be pretty funny. Um, I mean, anybody could do it. It's just in my mind, it's Mulaney. Just because. that sort of cadence and and reaction. Right. Right, it's it's not a it's not a Seinfeld, although I I could see that being a Seinfeld joke, but like, uh, I, it's funnier as Mulaney to me in my head. Yeah. Um. In fact, I'm amazed that I have not heard that bit before. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because it is a good point. Like, like really, guys, like, you know, how much we want to bet that conversation happened? They went to the store. And they just didn't oh. have enough packets of the brand name 
to like make a huge badge. You know what I'm saying? And then oh, they the had the, packets. And then they had the discussion about like, more. well, oh, that all it all has to be cherry, right? And then the other person's like, well, it's it could it just all be red, right? Let's put some strawberry and some cherry and some, uh, you know, and what maybe some watermelon Fruit in punch, there as well. Raspberry, yeah. And then they were like, well, no, that's gonna mess up the flavor again. Like that matters. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody, you know. Um, although here's the thing, like I don't believe everybody knew. No. Um, what they what they were ingesting. Um, yeah, a lot of people had no idea. So I. I honestly hope it was really good Kool-Aid or Flavor-Aid. Yeah. Absolutely tragic, tragic event. Um, hun- hundreds of people passed, but, but yeah, the, the ridiculousness of planning. Yes. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's historical. Um, this is, I believe, before even I was born. This is like mid-70s, right? Yeah, mid to late 70s. Sure. So, um uh, it's definitely not too soon. We can we can talk about this. That works, right? Um, and and just the the um, the oddity of the the situation as well um, makes it ripe for comedy. Do 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 we have a point? Do we get sidetracked there? Uh, I, the, the, the point, uh, you were, you were exploring the sketch that you're working on. Okay. Um, and, yeah. That's why and, we so that Kool-Aid. Okay. That makes sense. You got a, a few sidetracks away to the Jonestown massacre. Um, <laughs> which really isn't a big leap from Kool-Aid. No. Like no. it's one of the things Kool-Aid, unfortunately for Kool-Aid is, uh, probably most well known for. Right, if we're doing is, Family Feud, it's it's going to be on the board. What What do you know about Kool Aid? Don't drink it. Yeah, but also do drink it. Diabetes might be on the board. Um, the high sugar content. Yeah, there's a trend I think in like the early, the mid, aughts. Is that what we call that decade? I don't know. Um, sure, but of using. Kool-Aid to like essentially do uh, some level of highlights isn't the right word, but oh yeah, to, to dye your hair, dye hair with with some Kool-Aid, right? So if you just want it for like a day or two, then yeah, that's yeah, the way to go. Uh, I I don't I I have darker hair, so like I've never really tried to dye my hair. Um, although uh, the gray is it's coming. It's coming. The the gray is there. Um, I see it every day in the mirror. It's 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 coming, and it's gonna look glorious. And oh, that's I, good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna be very salt and pepper. Um, probably in a year or two. Um, and so my plan is like before I go completely gray, that uh, I want to uh, dye it blue. Sure. And, and so that I can get the um. Basically, have like the, the the dark brown and blue, and like have the mix in there. I think that would look really cool. It'll look really cool, or it look horrible, and we'll find we'll know. Science yeah. will be satisfied. Um, that is how we learn. 
but you know, it's, it's, uh, if I'm going to dye my hair, it's not going to be to hide the fact that it's going gray. It's going to be the fact that like, Hey, I have the opportunity to do something cool here. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do that and I'll probably miss out on it. I'll plan on doing it. And then one day I'll wake up and it's going to be all gray, you know? Um, it's that one day. Yeah. Cause I, you know, that's how getting older works. You just open your eyes one day and go, Oh, Oh, yep. Get up one morning, walk into a restroom, look in the mirror, and it's just there. Yeah, there's been a few times in my life where, like, I uh, looked in the mirror and just was like, "Oh, that's what—that's who we are now." Yeah. Um, it, it's funny how, like, um, you know, because it's like watching a tree grow, right? Where it's like. It's growing every day, but like you, you know, one day you're just like, oh, it's really there. It's bigger than it was before. How I remember it, yeah, it's very uh, frustrating getting older. Um, which is, you know, what uh, was happening to Carlin in this album here. He was getting older, yeah, and he just decided that, um, you know what, this. Uh, Late night TV thing isn't for me, unless they want me on for you know, um, being the goofy dude that I am, and that's fine. Yeah, and definitely some of the stuff on here would still work. Uh, on, I don't even know what shows would have been contemporary. I, I Carson probably by this point. Um. But some some of the material on here would have still worked for late night television, um, but a lot of it wouldn't have. Uh, we we definitely went through our worst parts of the album, and we were in accord and said it's the more dated references to sixties and seventies television. Um, but one one of my uh, picks for for best part of the album, uh, and and I have a few, but one of them definitely is uh, when they have the more like countercultural hippy dippy like yeah. uh weather person newscasters just giving the news in such a weird bizarre you know what's the forecast for tonight oh it's gonna get dark like that sort of uh material i thought was um his delivery is just really interesting um and i guess that's something i'll i'll credit him with hugely is he's got you know, a, a couple of those characters when they get to that son of wino section, um, dude, he's playing with the English language, makes a lot of observations. Hairpiece has an extended uh, poem in it, and it just so it's a lot of different styles within the, you know, roughly fifty minutes of runtime. Um, so that was another big, big positive uh, from my standpoint. Um, but Brady, Brady, what did you think were uh, what were some of your favorite aspects or favorite bits? Um, you know, the um, at, at some point, I, I don't know why I started comparing to myself. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe that's a narcissistic viewpoint, but, um, um, you know, therapy can only do so much. Um, and I, I was thinking about, like, how, you know, when I write a bit, there's usually that second voice, you know, 
of, uh, um, you know, where I'm, you know, talking to somebody else, you know, but that somebody else may be in my head, you know? Um, sure. He does a lot of that. Um, and I noticed that because uh, usually when I do that these days, a lot of people are just like, uh, that's a, that's a Jim Gaffigan thing. You can't do that. Um, you know, with, with the, the secondary voice, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, sure. Just sure. Like, did he just do that? Or where they, you know, he's talking, he's an imaginary audience member or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Carlin been doing it forever. Um, and then I think about like, you know, a lot of comedians do that. That's not just, um, um, I, I really hate being discouraged by people who um, just, I, I don't know, I, I hate being discouraged by people um, because they, they they think that it's me ripping somebody off. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and I think, I, I mean, there's a, there's a big difference between um, joke stealing and, and stylistic and inspiration. And and something like a second guessing voice within yourself is is not, um, you know, it. Jim Gaffigan, love him, does not have a uh, monopoly. He does not have a, a full rights to kind of self doubt and self deprecation, because um, that's, you know, been around a bit longer than him. Um, right. Um... I, I think I need to bring my um, internal voices out a bit more. Um, sure. Personally, because like, you know, there's the, um, the cheerleaders, you know, like, Oh my God, you know, um, they, they live in my head. Um, the, the um, confused audience member um, where it's just like, you know, somebody who just does not understand what the hell I'm talking about at all. Um, they, I find that funny. Um, and there's a few others that just live in my head constantly, um, which, you know, my therapist would love to explore more. Um, but, uh, again, you can only go so far in every session. Yeah. Um, but, it, uh, the, the other thing was the, the poetry, uh, where I was just like, I, you know, have, a, a similar poem. I don't know if you, I, you, I don't think you were around the one time I performed it. Um, I don't believe so. But I have a poem, and I'll probably whip it out here on this on this show at some point. Uh, but it's it's a po it's a rhyming uh, poem about standers and sitters, um, and uh, basically, um, there's uh, people wipe in two different ways. They either you know do it sitting down, oh that sort, yeah, or, or they they're standing, and. Um, for the most part, um, one group is completely unaware of the other group's existence, right? Right. Um, so, so I wrote a rhyming poem about that. Um, because, you know, standards and sitters already has that nice alliteration, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and sitters rhymes with shitters. And there's, there's a lot going on there, right? So um, explore that quite a bit. Um, but you know, it's a, I. I haven't ever integrated it into a bit, right? Um, sure. I've just uh, I went up and I was just like, guys, I wrote this. Um, here you go. 
Um, and I, I, unfortunately, I did not. It's it's a bit of a tongue twister. I did not get through it the first. Like I had to stop and um, start over at one point. Um, I was reading it off some paper, but still, again, it's a tongue twister. And um, but um, you know what? Um, I don't think anybody else that was there that night that remembers that remembers that part, except for me. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, not, you know, I, I don't know why I made listening to this um, um, this uh, album about me, but um, I kind of think my earliest, like, I you know, I kind of like to be a comedian. I think a thought was like when I was listening to Carlin. Sure. And it may have may have very well have been this album. I don't I don't know. It's possible. So, um, you know, by the time this episode comes out, we're going to be coming up on our um, sketch class reading. Um, we're not going to actually perform oh, the sketches. True. We're going to um, sit on a stage and uh, read, um, which uh, honestly is a better way of doing a sketch class um, because I've been in ones where it's just like, okay, we're going to perform these. And it's just like, you spend more time on the performance than you do um, in the writing of yeah. the of the uh, material. And uh, let's be honest, the class is about writing and being a comedy writer. And um, it's better to focus on the writing um, and not the um, stagecraft, I guess. Yeah, um, well, I don't know if better or worse but definitely they are different well, skills and different skill sets I've, um so if you're yeah for purposes of a class like this i definitely agree with you on it being better i mean let's be honest i'm never gonna forget um you know doing uh sketches on stage with uh carl shout out to carl yeah. hauser who's probably not listening but you know maybe um <laughs> but um you know because that guy's just a joy to work with yeah um just naturally funny and um so, uh, kind of got the um the energy just to just just destroys everybody you can't um if if you try to hang with him it's just not gonna there's there's not enough room on the stage for two carls basically um, and, uh, those, wouldn't those that you, be interesting? Well, those of you that know Carl, that's not a, that's not a weight joke. You know, I'm, I'm no, I'm no one to talk about, uh, weight. Um, that's just, uh, just his personality and, uh, comedic energy. Um, you, you can't have to, um, you know, even when Sandler and, um, uh, Farley got together, it was always Farley, always Farley that just yeah. dom- dominated. Um, and if anybody was up there that tried to, that it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't be funny. And, and that's a really good point. And, and I actually like that comparison a lot of very much. If you look at that sort of that era of SNL, Chris Farley is your prototypical. That is, that is the go, going back to Shakespeare and Falstaff and probably back to the Greeks and the Romans of just that, like, almost Bacchus like just big exuberant 
huge energy and in relation to that you had uh adam sandler would uh at least in that era and in a lot of his films play these very kind of meek meager that sort of thing um david spade was a great straight man and 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 there was uh, obviously a, a killer cast around them but and, and part of this is just timing I don't know if I could imagine a sketch with, say, uh, Chris Farley and Will Ferrell together. That's what I was thinking about. Um, or, or Belushi or wh- whomever it is at the time. I think, you know, Will Ferrell would be smart enough to just get out of the way and go, okay, I have to be the straight man in this situation because um, one of us has to be, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I give Will Ferrell and, and, and here's the thing, like, um, would Farley have gotten better at his craft? I don't know. Um, he was very good at what he did. Um, did he, I, and I think there were times where he was the straight man, you know, in a yeah, bit. I'm sure. And, uh, he probably knew when to do that, but, um, that's not what people want to see Farley for, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I see uh, Will Ferrell, Chris Farley bit being Will Ferrell being the straight man. Um, although it would be funny if they reverse those roles because the audience would not expect that. That's true. That's true. But you have to give them what they want first, right? Which is definitely going to be Farley. Yeah. That's an interesting thing of the difference in in types and just as an art form of... Now we're down a rabbit hole of sketch, which has very little to do with Carlin, but we're doing it. Um, So we're going to keep going. Maybe. I don't know. Let's to be honest. Like I always felt that this podcast, um, that the, the uh, subject matter was more of a vehicle to get into these conversations. Oh, cool! Right, that I works. Mean, um, you know, just um, comedy for comedy's sake, kind of thing. Um, which it's it's funny, like how this is a very these are very dry conversations about comedy. Uh, not to say that, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Um, we're not trying to be funny right now. Um, we're just we're uh, just uh, exploring, and um, but yeah. that that does have a a um, you know you can't um, go out and be a math wizard if you don't you know do a lot of math or stu- right. study math. You know what I mean? Um, and so you know this is kind of um, it's it's interesting how you know looking to the past uh, can help you grow so much, you know. Well, and just considering what has worked and and those stylistic through lines as as we've brought up a few times, right? And um, and let's be honest. So the the whole Farley versus Farrell thing, that's the, there's no difference in somebody being like, so could the Hulk beat up Superman? Yeah, it, it it's <laughs> not a difference with that. I mean, it's 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 when you hear people debate uh, 
Jordan and LeBron. It, it is, you know, let's let's have these little pseudo intellectual discussions right. about hypotheticals of of putting people um, together from different eras and, and seeing how they react to each other. You know how um, if. <laughs> Judd Apatow and Mark Twain had a conversation about writing. Oh man, I would love to comedy. How would that look? Um, oh, that would be and that's and that's an interesting thing. But at the same point, you you could have you know Obama and FDR talking about the what is the Democratic Party, and it's just is those like okay, we can't have this. But if we could, let's debate this to no end. One ridiculous conversation I've gotten in with uh, certain friend groups far too many times is, uh, okay, we think about centaurs. Classic half-human, half half-horse half thing, but obviously they, they do have two torsos, two abdomens. So the weird discussion I've gotten into far too many times is, how does centaur pregnancy work? Right. And, you know, you can dive into that sort of talk without really... Obviously, there is no right answer. Um, right. And and do you get... Uh, sometimes do you get the horse head with the human torso? Yeah. Yeah, who knows? Um, and I'm sure you do. Um, and probably. sometimes you probably just end up with a horse. And sometimes you end up with a full human, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and I'm sh- and... I'm sure the I'm sure the Greeks did dive into that because um, that seems like the sort of weird thing that they wouldn't not go for, right? Uh, yeah, uh, the Greeks, the Greeks. <laughs> I could get into like let's uh, let's upset a, a racial group and whatever but I, I don't feel like it right now i don't know man usually i'm up for that sort of thing like oh let's let's rile them up you know just for no reason other than comedy purposes um, yeah yeah but, you, you definitely don't want to stereotype and offend any ancient greeks who are listening well yeah if there are ancient greeks listening kudos to you for sticking around this long that's a uh, phenomenal. Good job. Yeah. Um, Sorry about your forty-two thousand children who never visit you. Well, it's, there's a very good reason for that, though. Um, yeah. Uh, regardless, my cat just scared himself. Um, he um, knocked something over onto himself. Oh. Um, do you, ever, do you ever had cats? Do you have you ever had cats? I am mildly allergic to cats. Oh, uh, it's not like super bad, um, but I mean like eye and throat itchiness. So we had them for a little bit when I was young, and and my sister has one. So I guess I'm a uh, a cat uncle, but okay. I've never had a cat. So so sometimes he'll do this thing where he jumps up on something, and then with his tail, he'll smack something forward. That oh sure. Will then land on him, and then he'll freak the fuck out, and um, 
it's um sometimes it's hilarious um and sometimes it's really annoying um and he's just very needy this morning as he normally is when we record um he's very needy and needs his his pets and then when you know when i go to pet him you know of course within five minutes he's like i'm done i'm good um Mm. but if i try to pet him before we record uh it doesn't work he's he's he he would want more and that's 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 a cat that's how cats work um whatever you want is what the cat doesn't and vice versa So we're we're talking about cats, and I don't remember what we were talking about before. Um, so, anybody in the audience who has ADHD understands well, what's going on here. Yeah, we were like twelve tangents down Probably. by this point. Yeah, um, I think we might be in rambling territory. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, yeah. So if if we are rambling anyway, I I think that we would be, uh. Foolish to make it uh, all the way through um, a episode about George Carlin without ever bringing up uh, Bill and Ted. Oh, yeah. And I mean, obviously, we talk about Bill and Ted and um, Thomas the Tank Engine, of course, yeah. as well. Yeah. Which, um, well, let's start with Bill and Ted. Um, great movies. Um, in fact, I often recommend to, uh, people who are younger to, um, listen to the Bill and Ted, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I will, I will say to them, I'm, I will listen to this. This is what all radio stations were like, you know, there were, there were the, random R&B stations and there were some country stations but everything else sounded like this um, and they don't believe it um, and uh, I understand why they don't believe it uh, especially since when you remember that Bogus Journey came out in what 1990 yeah that sounds I, right Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up really quickly 90, 92, whatever um, it wasn't that long after that that um, movie slash album came out that uh, Grunge showed up. Oh, that's true. And just overnight killed her hair metal. Like hair metal was everything. It was, it was, it was like running water. It's like, you know, very common. Everybody had it. It was always around you. You didn't even think about it because it was just everywhere. And then one day it just went away. Poof, it was no longer cool. Um, just uh, the, um, you know, it, it's, you know, younger folks don't understand why uh, people my age talk about grunge so much. Um, because uh, grunge wasn't around. I mean, third wave Scott was around longer than grunge, right? Right. Um, yeah, we talk about grunge a lot more. And it's because it was this uh, just fundamental change in 
in in the world, or at least in um, um, in, in popular music. Well, I don't know if well, we say it, pop, but in rock music, I, I get, let's just say our culture, because you know, music is a big part sure, of culture. Definitely, um, and it's just such a huge change, and it was so abrupt. Um, to even living through it, it was just like, what's going on? And it was just like, it was this weird thing where I remember grunge came out and everybody was just like, oh, this is really cool. Um, I, me personally, I was counterculture. So I was very big into hip hop. And so sure. when, when grunge came around, I did not care. I was just like, okay, whatever the hair metal has gone. Fine. I don't care. I didn't listen to that anyway. Although I did. I mean, I, I still have Motley Crue albums and Guns N' Roses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, all bands that we kind of laugh at today, but uh, were like the just so amazing at the time. And in fact, um, you know, some of those albums are definitely worth a re-listen to. Um, but yeah, just such a just an abrupt change in the culture and just living through that was very weird. Um, I. I didn't care about grunge for, I think it was like 95 or 96. I started listening to it, you know, once it was over. Yeah. Then I was just like, oh man, I missed out. Like there's a lot of really good stuff in here. Um, and it all came out, you know, it came out of Seattle. Right. And it just seemed like Seattle was ahead of the curve at the time where they just like, you know what? This hair metals just sucks. Um, and they just started doing something different, right? Um, they got back to the more gritty, like rock and roll blues kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. And, uh, you still have some guitar solos, but not a whole lot. And, and to the extent you do, it's not necessarily they, you know, I'm slash and I'm going to show off what I can do or, or Jimmy page, uh, Eddie Van Halen. Right. It's more about a melodic or musical kind of necessity. It's not yeah. out of like hubris. <laughs> Your Seattle point is really interesting and it's true. Um, but the thing that, that suddenly reminds me of is is about 30 years before Seattle grunge, um, but but the British invasion of uh, initially the Stones and the Beatles and like Yardbirds and stuff like that, and then later on Led Zepp and uh, like the Who and other ones. But just how much was uh, area, be it Seattle or um, Liverpool and Birmingham? Right, and that, that just kind of took over, definitely the U.S., but but Western Europe for the most part too. And and I do also appreciate your point of it was just huge, and then not, and because right. I you do hit the point pretty quickly in midish nineties where it seems to sector off into two. sects of almost post-grunge rock of you you get the more like pop punk style of the at that point the like green day and weezer and 
Blink-182 that would go on to lead to, like, Fallout and Panic and all that stuff. But then you have the more... I don't even know what you'd call the other side, but, but you get the Nickelbacks and Three Doors Downs and Foo Fighters of... And then there's uh, you know, the Limp Bizkits and whatnot. And, uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, well, you get the... Yeah, the whole rap rock thing was a time too with right. Limb Biscuit and and then um, uh, have you ever seen that documentary about Woodstock '99? I don't believe I've seen a true documentary on it. I I saw and this is probably fifteen years old now. I, I did watch a a, a VH1 special okay, on right. it. That's a, yeah, um, a little different. Um. There was one that came out. I think it's on HBO Max right now. Sure. Um, it, it was it was released maybe last year. Um, it's was, it was basically talking about like how um, if you looked at the lineup of Woodstock '99, um, sure that was what was going on at the time, but it was also obvious that like. Like, in hindsight, it's super obvious, but, like, even before, people were saying, like, people are going to burn shit down. And I, I remember looking at the lineup and I'm like, I wouldn't go anywhere near that concert, um, even at the time. Yeah. And I was just out of high school at the time. Um, but just a lot of angry, angry music, um, which is funny to me because you think about the beginning of the 90s, you had the fall of the Ber Berlin Wall. Mm -hmm. um, communism went away for the most part. Um, we have a for the Desert Storm is a incredibly, and this is a positive thing, but incredibly quick uh, foreign entanglement that we're just, like, all right, we're in, kick to Iraq out of Kuwait, and we're done. Right. Uh, which, Obviously, we'd go back to Iraq eventually, but which, for the moment... Well, you know, which is fine and all. Um, and uh, honestly, one of the better things that uh, Bush Sr. did was to, you know, he, he um, came up with a plan. He came up with success metrics, uh, yeah. met, met those success metrics, and then got out of town, which is yeah. um, beautiful. That's, that's what a leader should do. Um, however, so uh, so the Berlin Wall falls. We get rid of communism, right? All of a sudden, you know, first time in my life, first time in, you know, people 20, 30 years older than me, first time in their lives, there's no longer this immediate threat of nuclear annihilation. Yeah. Just hanging on everybody's shoulders. And um, so we get free. We have this cultural revolution immediately, you know, with the grunge and whatnot. And then uh, that ends... And then we go into this period of just um, angst and just anger for really no reason. Um, I, I think maybe people were starting to look at, you know, our own internal societal issues and starting to get angry about that, which is a lot harder to deal with emotionally um, than yeah. an external bad guy. Um, 
but anyway, like, uh, you know, and the, then at the end of the 90s, of course, you know, we get to uh, 2001, September 11th, and all of a sudden there's this new existential um, crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for a decade there, like, things were great. Um, well, and you had the 90s, just all of the economic booms that oh, yeah. centered around both the advent of the internet and, and just... So I, I've made this argument that I'm about to make a few times to people. I think one of the big revolutionizing inventions, invention might be a strong word, but one of the big advancements in technology that does not get enough credit is the advent of businesses being able to use Excel to speed everything up. Yeah, spreadsheets are amazing. Um, I've actually... Um, wanted to put together a TED talk about this, not not Excel necessarily, but um, uh, uh, what's what's the word? I I have a lot of this written down because I always struggle to find the words. Um, sure, having a framework, right? Uh, so you look at something like Excel. Some of the things people build in Excel are amazing. Mm-hmm. And like the people that, uh, you know, came up with Excel would have never dreamed of, uh, of that. Right. Um, and then you look at things like Minecraft, right. And, yeah. you know, people build like functional computers inside Minecraft. Um, or, uh, there's that, that other game that didn't last as long, uh, but little big world, I want to say it's called with the little sock puppets. Um, oh sure, and people would build uh, computers in that. Uh, you have Mario Maker, where like people can build levels and things, and using the logic of the game, they've built actual calculators and things like that. Um, there is something to be said about um, building a powerful framework and letting people build tools inside said framework. And it's very powerful, and I think it's a concept as a society. Obviously, we have it, but there's not a lot of people setting out to build those frameworks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, the, the thing is, is like if you took away like Excel and spreadsheets tomorrow, I don't know how many. I probably say the majority of businesses would fail um, because like, their, their business relies on it. Um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I know a lot of things that I use at work on a daily basis that are uh, things that uh, have either existed for a very long time in Excel or things that I've built. And uh, people are like, well, why don't you just make it this into a software? It's like, okay, first off, I'm not a programmer. I don't know how to do all that that stuff and if i took the time um let's say i wanted to get a promotion or uh move my job the next guy is not going to know how to maintain it yeah um so there's something to be said about um some you know simple frameworks that are powerful enough to become complex tools um and i've really thought about doing a ted talk on that and I haven't gotten around to it. 
Uh, I'm sure one day I'll wake up and and watch a clip and be like, well, that's done. And I didn't have to yeah. do it. Um, it probably already exists. But anyway, we're going to keep getting sidetracked and not and talk about things that aren't comedy related. Um, that's true. Yeah. It's true. But I always enjoy uh, conversing with you, Patrick. You as well, Brady. Yes, it's a, it's, it is mind expanding, uh, whether it's funny or not. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it, and, and the thing that I find funny is uh, um, we get into more serious conversations on the show about comedy than we do any other time. Yeah. Because we're Agreed usually talking about jokes and, and bits and whatnot. Um, which is honestly how I assume the show would go, but um, I'm I'm happy with the direction where we're where we keep heading in. Like uh, you know, looking back at our first episode, which um, as of this recording, and I'm going to admit this is not released yet. Um, mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a couple of days ago, but um, you know what? Uh, there's a reason why I wanted to have a nice buffer of. Uh, recorded episodes before we release them. And uh, this is part of it. Um, I am not a super consistent person. So um, I need, I need that buffer. So. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I just did an aside to an aside to a side there. And um, again, ADHD. Um, that's just who I am. And that's Okay. This has been Third One Ducks, brought to you by Brady Cox and Patrick Kilcoin. Opening music, Ska of the Mountain King by Johnny Boyle, available at Upbeat.io. And that's Upbeat with two Ps.